there's a sense that, oh, well, you know, uh, they're Indians and, and they're artifacts. They're not people, you know, and and that's a moral decision that's made there. Hey, y'all, it's Greg Harmon with Deceleration, Deceleration.news, and that is Carla Aguilar of the American Indians of Texas at the Spanish Colonial Missions. Uh, we got together at uh, Southside Lions Park last week uh, to dis discuss a number of issues, um, uh, particular uh, to things that are happening right now with uh, America, with AIT and also um, uh, with the Tapilam Coatecan Nation uh, and more broadly, um, uh, one of our favorite topics, uh, white supremacy. Uh, so related to kind of like the, the sequence of this conversation, um, it's important to for folks to know and to know how to support right now. There's a uh, pending in Austin at the Texas legislature uh, is uh, an effort as is, uh, is a effort to recognize the Tapilam peoples as a you know official sanctioned state recognized tribe, uh, which is important historically, culturally, uh, and in the press for for, for broader justice, uh, but in in, in, in a very specific way to the redevelopment right now with the Alamo, um, San Antonio de Valero, uh, in terms of making sure that the, the Alamo is recognized as a cemetery, in terms of influencing the redevelopment plans there, uh, in terms of you know making sure that it's not just the John Wayne story that, that's told, because there are uh, there's a lot of interest on the, the Republican side uh, of, of making sure that it, the, the mission of that site is only to tell the story of the battle. And we know that, that, that the story is much deeper and longer than that, not only these, you know, uh, hundreds of years uh, of Spanish colonization and the missionization of, of Native peoples, uh, but even beyond that, you know, that the, the, the lands here, Yanawana, the land of the spirit waters uh, and, and all the uh, all the people who uh, were here uh, prior to colonization. Uh, it's a big story. It's a rich story. Uh, and AIT has been working to to influence and to make sure that that it's told well. Uh, but we uh, if you go to the Tapilam site, T-A-P-P-I-L-A-M dot org, you're going to find a way to sign at this point. A lot more documents are going to drop, Carla tells me, but you can go in here and find sign on to this petition to make sure that an in-depth third party archival and archaeological review uh, of that site is performed without state recognition or federal recognition like most of the original people of, of the land here. Uh, there's very little uh, um governmental like official sanctioned um uh, authority right that that they can bring so in terms of that effort right now in austin uh san antonio's jose menendez carried a uh, senate bill 805 and that's sitting with the secretary of state uh what's in motion now also is on the house the house companion bill is uh leo pacheco and that's pending with the committee on culture recreation and tourism so i'm going to flash up you know, uh, a link uh, if you're watching this on video uh, to find them. Uh, otherwise, search up these bills. Um, and the, the broader the broader conversation as we un, 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 un kind of like unwind this thing uh, is is really around um, uh, a white supremacist ideology uh, and in particular how it manifests within the environmental movement. Um, through kind of that settler colonial mindset. And so Carla was one of those I went to. There's an ongoing dialogue uh, outside of this space 
called Unlearning Circles that that I've been contributing and participating in. And uh, and so this interview was intended to help inform that. Uh, but it was so great and uh, and went in a lot of unexpected directions that I wanted to make sure that uh, we were able to preserve it and share it. So I'd like to turn just turn this time over and turn the mic over to Carla. Uh, and uh, may may this be useful uh, in your work dismantling white supremacy and working for justice uh, in this time and, and in this space. The truth is it's really exciting times. You know, it's busy. There's a lot of uh, things that are happening behind the scenes. There's a lot of motion. Um, and, you know, I think what, what's important for the, the public to understand about how significant this historic moment is, is that, you know, this is, you know, 40 years in the making you know, of um, tribal people um, in, in their bands and families and clans regenerating, reconstituting when they were supposed to have been made extinct by the colonial project and missionization and then Hispanicization where, which is essentially, you know, tribal folks um, having to hide behind the curtain of being you know, being Mexican um, in order to survive because, you know, the Texas Rangers and the extermination campaign in Texas was totally real, you know, and and little by little these, you know, historic uh, historical acknowledgments are being made. Um, but in South Texas and San Antonio uh, is, is home of the Tepilam Coahuiltecan Nation and the uh, courageous, steadfast, uh, long uh, road work that has been done to get us to this place is needs to be acknowledged you know it's not something that's like oh you know they're um, creating state recognition they're, they're submitting legislation for state recognition so that they can have you know a standing in court so that their people won't get dug up anymore at the Alamo and these other places it's not for cosmetics you know it's not for some you know, people say that it's for, oh, because they want gaming rights. It couldn't be further from the furthest from the truth. The state legislature in Austin is going to decide whether uh, the state of Texas will amend its constitution to create a state recognized tribes, right? Which is long overdue. Uh, there are people that have existed in Texas way before it was even Spain. And, and we have a duty to give those folks an opportunity to be recognized and seen and heard and, and directing resources to those communities across the state so that they can uh, take care of their people in a rightful way. So the Tapilam Coahuiltecan Nation uh, would be the first to receive this state recognition and um, would be a game changer for our community, but in particular, looking at the scenario at the Alamo, which dates back as, as, as you know, back to the, the first digs that were happening that, that we've referenced, you know, in, in the 20s and 30s, where human remains had been dug up when they were doing um, uh, sewage lines and so forth, utilities, uh, the roads that were being built, you know, uh, back then, uh, there are bones and bones that, that have yet to be identified, that have yet to be given their place. And the state of Texas continues to bulldoze forward these processes without acknowledging the lineal descendants of these places because according to them, they don't have standing. 
whereas there's tons of evidence um, that we want them to take we've had to go to court to be able to prove the uninterrupted presence of these families and their cultural affiliation from the earliest documented texts which go before even you know the 13 colonies existed these families have been here and have the right to be able to determine what happens to their ancestors right so this historic time people are are at this time you know people are invited to find out more to volunteer get involved uh, by by calling legislators by uh in you know particularly looking at the state recognition opportunity that we have right now um and uh, to hold accountable uh the the city of san antonio in their commitments uh to uh the to the city of San Antonio to tell the whole story. You know, at least uh, they're saying now that they can they can say that, okay, well, we can tell uh, the whole story in the plaza because the state of Texas has got their Unpack own thing going on. So um, there's, there's three entities, you know, that exist uh, uh, at the Alamo. It's the, the state of Texas and it's uh, arm of the general land office and it's, um, uh, agency that it created the alamo trust in order to manage the alamo which is the actual alamo compound right and then you have the city of san antonio uh which manages all of the the streets and the plaza that surround the alamo complex and then that exists within bear county and then it's a national monument uh so it has the national jurisdiction that's laid on there um and it's a unesco world heritage site so national park service has some authority in all of these layers right of of activity that's there but the struggle over the story within those agencies and and the ones that are determining the policies of exclusion of uh, the weaponization of NAGPRA which is the Native American Graves and Repatriation Act is the state of Texas through the General Land Office and its agency um, the Alamo Trust um, that is still recalcitrant in their acknowledgement and incorporation of the lineal descendants of the families of you know uh, of, of the people that they're digging up on one hand and on the other hand in the interpretation of the site where um, there is again uh, this settler colonial narrative that history at the Alamo only happened in 1836 and and that myopic convenient white supremacist lens uh, that's rooted in white supremacy right ignores and erases the history of that place and all of the people that made it happen that made us possible here in san antonio because we only want to tell this convenient mythological narrative whereas our involvement there at uh, uh, the tapilam and other lineal descendants being able to tell the broader story of the alamo is justice not only for our people and being able to interpret the indigenous contributions to the alamo and uh, mission san antonio de valero and all of the other missions but is a justice to the people because they'll get to know the full narrative of what happened here and what made this beautiful city and state possible See, the thing about settler colonialism is that it is so deeply uh, wound into our, our spindles of life, right? The very fabric of our life. 
uh, that we don't necessarily witness it. Uh, we're not conscientious of it because so it's so deeply ingrained in who we are as a people and and I and I speak not only to those of Anglo uh, heritage but for all of us uh, whether we come from anywhere in Latin America the Caribbean South Asia anywhere that has been impacted by um, the the imperialism of you know the uh, 1600s on right so uh, there's it, it's really deep and so let's let's begin even at uh, the perception of time and space which is the matter of a uh, your whole perception of the world comes from your sense of time and space the settler colonial narrative has taught us that time is a linear thing that we stack year after year on top of one another uh, and that gives us more or less about a 4,000 year framework with what we've got uh, in, in our current uh, experience. Whereas indigenous thinking, native thinking tells us and has demonstrated scientifically that time is of a cyclical nature and our experience on planet earth as, as we spin in relationship to the moon, in relationship to the sun, and in relationship to the cosmos that have been there throughout human experience has developed calendrical systems and a theoretical mathematical understanding of time and space that is so deep and so profound that uh, at, you know folks that have been raised in um, a settler colonial environment have no sense of what that looks like our new year in this society is that December January you know transition but in relationship to the earth and the moon and uh, earth and the Sun it's absolutely arbitrary and so people have their sense of, of existence marked not by an arbitrary calendar um, that was imposed by a Roman imperial force, the Gregorian calendar that we currently operate in, but rather one that looks at the relationships of everything in nature and how we and humanity exist within it, not outside of it. Um, the understanding of traditional cultures has uh, ourselves as, as the human experience just being essentially a grain of sand in, in the ocean of everything that exists on planet Earth. Whereas the settler colonial experience will tell you um, that your, your embodiment is, is the only lens through which to look at, at time and space from these arbitrary measures that we exist in. Um, and and that, that's life, you know, and, and uh, you know, you can have eternal hell or eternal, you know, grace and, and salvation on the other side, but that this, this is, um, this is the, the mark of it here, right? And, and it's in this linear fashion. And you get a birth date and an end date. Whereas in our traditions, we understand ourselves as an embodiment of our ancestors and a continuation of their efforts, of their sacrifices, and the responsibilities that they carried forth. And so we, in order to be a live a dignified experience, we embody the best and the boldest and the brightest of our ancestors in this lifetime in order to be able to leave that example for our progeny seven generations ahead.
So the whole sense of, of time, space, and experience is vastly different even from that place. So when we talk about settler, settler colonialism, I invite folks to consider really taking a step back and, and examining everything that they've been educated around and academically within our families, within our socialization processes that have uh, normalized that settler colonial experience that I argue dehumanizes us because it, it creates a distinction uh, and this is a core distinction um, that, that we as people are separate from nature. Whereas anywhere in the world in land-based spiritual traditions, uh, we understand ourselves and our human experience as responsible to her because the earth is a living, breathing force that activates off of magnetism and gravity and fluctuations of temperature and, and observable scientific uh, phenomenon that with uh, a harmonious, humble relationship with her that we can, we can manage and steward our existence here in a way that is not destructive because at the end of the day, we belong to her instead of having a dominance over Mother Earth and seeing her as resource space or as a resource that, that we can legitimately um, extract from. That's, I wanted to ask you, considering everything that you're saying for even the environmental community can still be sick with the settler colonial mindset as an inheritance um, and what is the manifestation right of that mindset mm -hmm. even within that context you know what comes to mind immediately first is you know ancestors of the pioneers right folks that were given the opportunity to as immigrants from Europe to expand into this vast beautiful uh, landscape and and build out and 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 and, and make their mark you know that there, there was a sense of, of let's claim this land for us right and that pioneer mentality particularly in Texas is very unique because in and, and even zeroing in further here into South Texas, which has had six different flags in in uh, three hundred and you know four years, uh, is that you know the pioneer mentality is one of conquest and and associated with nationalism, associated with a group, right? So you're you're a, a pioneering, endeavoring, you know, entrepreneurial. Uh, we can take and build and grow and do as we please because it's already there for us. Mm -hmm. And so this inherent sense of um, uh, ownership, you know, is something that is it's so deeply ingrained, right? And we don't even catch ourselves in it because it's a given. So it manifests in a lot of different ways. And so the invitation is to 
all of us to be able to ask ourselves, where do I feel a sense of, of entitlement or ownership over a, a process or an experience or a physical place or even people that is, um, that, that's, that's, that, you know, really puts ourselves against our own, um, our own deeper responsibilities as humanity. So let me let me give you an example um, that is very uh, concrete, you know, and something that we're experiencing right now as uh, as a community in San Antonio, where um, in in our ancestral traditions, as many other indigenous people, um, there is a uh, a continuity of relationship with our ancestors um, that. Uh, transcends you know the physical embodiment you know we we honor our ancestors as an integral part of who we are as a people and so as uh bodies uh have been exhumed at the alamo we have a responsibility to ensure that uh, they are, first of all, ideally never exhumed or, or disturbed, right? Uh, which has been the, the legacy of, you know, uh, extraction of, of, of indigenous native human remains at, at these sites with impunity because there's a sense that, oh, well, you know, uh, they're Indians and, and they're artifacts. They're not people, you know, and, and that's a moral decision that's made there. Um, but in this circumstance where we're talking about ancestral remains uh, and people being exhumed at the Alamo, the settler colonial um, state says, well, um, you're not a federally recognized tribe, and so therefore we don't have to address you when dealing with your ancestral remains. And uh, the legitimization of um, the, the tribal communities based off of the history of the, the uh, Coahuiltecan people, particularly here in San Antonio, um, people aren't examining all of the, the historical framework of why the local indigenous people wouldn't be federally recognized to begin with because of the Spanish crown, Texas Republic, and all of these different iterations of this land base uh, under these different flags to where there was no land to hand over to the federal government in order to become wards of the state and then be ha be, uh, receive federal recognition. Uh, the Coahuiltecan people continue to be on their ancestral homelands and continue to have the inherent right to determine as an indigenous community what happens with the remains of their people. And again, the settler colonial mindset says, well, these are the rules and this is what we're abi abiding by. Well, these are the artificial rules because if they were actually following the law, this wouldn't be an issue. But the mindset that says, we're going to disregard your human dignity and the dignity of your people because uh, these are the convenient rules that we're going to operate on at this uh, historic site um, and, and continue to disregard your what that translates into is a continuation of the disregard and the value of, of native lives and, and the original people of these lands. As, as environmentalists, as people who care about uh, the land and the water and, and all that which gives us life that way, 
you know, and and people are beginning to do that work of, of recognizing uh, the the native people, indigenous people of the lands where they're at as the uh, original uh, stewards of, of these places because we, we, we don't own the land, she owns us, right? But that uh, we're all ultimately stewards, but the those that have an understanding in the bones of the people who are beneath us are these indigenous communities, right? And so if we're going to talk about um, doing land acknowledgements, having conversations of honoring indigenous people, then that has to, the, what correlates with that is being able to put native indigenous people, original people at the forefront of these conversations because the sense of duty and responsibility that exists is, is one that is a moral imperative, right? It's not a, a, a resource, an economic decision. It is a moral imperative because these are literally the bones of our people and our ancestors within us underneath the earth and 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 in the water that that exists within us right and so when folks are are approaching you know saying well we know that you know indigenous people we know these things okay so then what you know and how do I as an ally what's the then what right and and how does that play out it's it's being able to not only uplift the leadership and voices and demands of indigenous people um, uh, in in that sense of hold on a second we're looking at this possibly in a myopic way and we need to step out a little bit and 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 really hold and hear the voices and the demands of indigenous people not just in Texas but around the globe you know to say you know this is enough. You know, you're killing us. This entire system that we're living in is destroying the potential of any quality of life, dignified quality of life around the globe. It's not just under our noses. You know, things are way worse in a lot of other places than here. And we have the privilege to have these conversations. And so if we're really holding and listening that guidance that says this is enough, then that moral imperative translates into action. And, and here locally, the way that that action looks like, it can be a lot of ways. Uh, I have the deepest respect and gratitude uh, for the different community organizations that exist, led by indigenous people, which are, um, you know, putting the, the rubber where the, where the rubber meets the road there, right? Making action happen. And so all of the people that are watching this, all of those that are going to have conversations behind this, if we're really going to be genuine and authentic in uh, wanting to be allies and accomplices of indigenous people, that means really holding on to what those core demands are. And that means really stepping, um, stepping back doing this work. This Unlearning White Supremacy series is, is a scratch of the surface of doing the work and inviting all of us because whether you're, you know, Latino or African-American or South Asian or from anywhere around the world, we have been socialized into a white supremacist settler colonial mindset because that has been what is centered that's what we look at the world through those eyes and until we're willing to be able to acknowledge what that is and begin to tap 
at that curtain and figure out where do we pull it back, that's where that work is. And so I, I invite folks that like they acknowledge that they have a duty, they acknowledge that they have power and personal capacity to be able to do more, tap at that curtain, you know, pull it back. And then what you'll find is a mirror. And in that mirror, it, it takes compassion, courage, uh, and willingness to ask tough questions uh, to be able to continue to do the work. So when you look at the Alamo, you don't think Davy Crockett or this all of this, you know, John Wayne mythology of this place. You think of the compassion and grace of those indigenous people that intermarried, that ended up as the demographic bedrock of San, San Antonio, that built Mission San Antonio de Valero, AKA the Alamo and all of the other missions that were the Pueblos that San Antonio grew up around. And that you can acknowledge that that place represents a gateway to conservatively 10,000 years of, of history here. And that we can look at places uh, through a, a different lens and, and, and that's the work in the mirror because it is an ongoing onion of stuff that you're peeling back and it's liberating and empowering and uh, gives a, uh, helps you to like calibrate your compass in life on a whole new level. It's messy, dirty work, highly recommended. So our continued gratitude and thanks to Carla, uh, the folks at AIT uh, and all of those working uh, to dismantle colonialism, the settler mindset, white supremacy, uh, to restore relations for all people and all beings. Uh, along those lines, I, I mean, I know there's a lot happening at the Texas Ledge. I did not want this to slip under the radar for folks. I do urge your support. Uh, go to AIT, go to tapilam.org uh, and, and just look for the resources there to call your state representatives and those who are maybe sitting on this uh, tourism committee uh, where, where, where the House bill is sitting. Uh, at deceleration, it's been a busy couple of weeks uh, and we have uh, up, hopefully by now, uh, the Words for Birds two-day uh, poetry uh, and writing and activism, uh, an event in defense uh, and support and to honor and to celebrate our feathered relatives here in San Antonio. Uh, and uh, just invite folks to check that out. And we'll talk to you soon.